Hi, everybody. Christina, how's your back? Your back still sore? Yes, okay, it's still sore. First, yes. First task of the day to give Christina a healing. Everybody ready? Get here. Get into your healing space. Get that Kundalini rocking and rolling within you. And I want you to look at Christina. Try not to hit Magdalene with it, but look at Christina. And uh, she's the one there in the blue that says San Francisco. Yeah, she's waving right now. So I want you to go ahead and give a healing for her pain, not for her condition. Just for the pain, okay? Because the condition may be something that the Kundalini wants her to have. And maybe the pain is too, but this will help to validate the fact that that uh, Kundalini Sacred Feminine is flexible with regard to how much pain a person needs to experience. Sometimes you need to experience full boat of pain. And nothing is allowed to diminish it. Sometimes we're allowed to affect the levels of pain another person is feeling. Whether it's emotional pain or mental torment or physical pain, these types of pain can be mitigated. Okay? So let's go ahead and look at Christina and see how her shirt matches her eyes. You know, kind of cool. You know, so Magdalene's there. Magdalene's going to be giving her a healing at the same time. Okay, so here we go. At the count of three, send your healing to Christina. Christina, do we have your permission? Yes, of course. You have to like nod your head or say something louder. Yes, okay, very good. <laughs> All right, one. And two, and Alexander, make sure you're driving continuously. Don't be, uh, don't go out of body while you're driving, okay? So one, two, three, give it to her. And one, two, three, stop. Now, look at Christina, look at Magdalene, and blow up that picture so that you're not constantly checking back to see if your healing works. Okay. Just blow it up, accept it for the positive healing that it is. Go ahead, go off camera, Christina. Magdalene, off camera. Turn your camera off. There you go. Okay, so they're there, but you're not going to see them, so you can't visually constantly check. Okay, ah, Dr. Anthony is joining us again. Hello, sir. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah, we thought you just kind of wandered off into the Texas sunset with the tarantulas, you know, but no, <laughs> good to see you. Thank you. You have to turn your mic on, my friend. You have to turn your okay. mic on. All right, everybody. Now, 
not everybody's here yet who I think wanted to be. So I'll, I'll skip that one subject and I'll start in with, with this one. Now, there's a bit of disinformation out there right now. And the disinformation is about, um, okay, so there's a bit of a, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a strong level of misinformation about Kundalini that's going on out there. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been out for a long time. Even uh, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, also known as Osho, uh, he facilitates this, this mis misinformation, as do some of the other Indian gurus. Now, this is only a problem with the Indian gurus. This is what they think is, is real. Except for Yogananda. I have not heard this from Yogananda. Uh, the misinformation is that women cannot have kundalini. Yeah, I know, I know. Sounds pretty silly and facetious. It is all of those things. But it is also something that is perniciously surviving within the conversation of Kundalini community. I just want to make this clear. Kundalini is not gender-based. So in other words, it is not tied to one gender and not tied to another. Kundalini is dual gender. It is part feminine and part masculine. And so the feminine part does exist and it is it is the first part of the experience. She gestates the Kundalini child. She does just the same way she gestates the physical child. So you've got to understand. You've got to know because Eventually, you may run into this, this uh, bad piece of information. And from that run-in, you may start questioning the veracity of your kundalini. And I want you to know, ladies, I want you to know that your kundalini is as viable and as powerful as any man's kundalini. You just have to look at the source. And the source is really the patriarchal conditioning of the Indian male on the Indian subcontinent. And I don't mean this as a, as a, I'm not trying to cut them down. I'm not trying to, to uh, discredit them because, you know, they have other attributes that are quite right and correct. But this one attitude that only men can have Kundalini is extremely incorrect. It is so incorrect as to be ludicrous. And I don't mean the rapper, I mean the stupidity. So it's, it's something that I want you all to understand. Kundalini comes as sacred feminine and sacred masculine joined at the crown, but actually joined at the heart and then joined at the crown. Okay, it's like a big check mark. So, so the thing is, you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that your wife, your daughter, your grandmother, your aunt, they can all have the kundalini. And they'll all have the, they'll have the symptoms. They'll have the same symptoms as a guy has. Uh, they'll go into the same kind of kriyas that a man has. It's not 
uh, tied to one gender or another, tied to both genders. And both genders will have it. Now, within our societal makeup, we have different tasks for women that men don't have. And we have different tasks for men that women don't have. That may also play out within the Kundalini as well. So for instance, a woman will take Julia, for instance. So, you know, Julia will look out across the population with her Kundalini and she will see those who need to be healed. She, she will see those who can receive a healing and her healing will be of a feminine nature because she's coming from a feminine format. And this is normal, this is natural. Uh, Jordan, Jordan may look out across the populations and he will also see those who need to be healed and those who can receive a healing, which are two different things, by the way. And Jordan will give a healing to the population that is of a male uh, a patterning, of a male uh, sequencing. And this is perfectly natural. It doesn't mean that one form of healing is better than the next. Doesn't mean that at all. It basically means that, that uh, as you reside within a male or a female body, so will you uh, express along the lines of sacred feminine or sacred masculine predominantly. Now within the, if you go further into the design of the human system, you know, you will see sacred feminine and sacred masculine bonded together to form the human body. So you look at Tulani right now, you know, you look at him and you just, you can also see the sacred feminine within him. No, she doesn't have the beard. No, she's not bald or balding. No offense to Lani. Uh, but she is there nonetheless. And you look at Elizabeth McKee and you say sacred masculine. You can see the man within the woman. You can see the woman within the man. This is the makeup of the, I'm looking at what you're doing there, Julie. Are you in pain, honey? Did you hurt your head? I, I just have hot flashes and uh, little I ice. Just, yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead and keep, keep that on me. So you can see the male within the female and the female within the male. And this should be a very strong indication for you that Kundalini is not gender specific. The, the actions of Ascension, the actions of enlightenment cover both genders equally. 50% sacred feminine, 50% sacred masculine. And you look, you look at the, uh, you know, the physical and you can see that's the same thing. You've got the sperm, you've got the ovum, you've got 50% represented by each aspect of femininity and masculinity. And this is a direct reflection of the divine component of kundalini infusion upon the individual. So do not at all buy into any of these ignorant misinformation. Who is this? Who is this? Uh, anyway, this is what a lot of the proponents of uh, Indian 
uh, kundalini understanding to a push forward is that women cannot have this. Therefore, they don't need to be worried about it. Therefore, you just go ahead and take your shoes off, get pregnant, and cook me dinner. Okay. Or in the United States, get me a beer. Not that many of you are from the United States right now. How many people are from the United States besides Holly? Right. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth. Okay. <laughs> All right. Does everybody understand this? Do you have any questions about the veracity of feminine kundalini? So I've been preaching to the choir, right? Preaching to the choir, as they say. Okay, all right. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, I see. Okay. I'd like to welcome Leo to the program. So Leo is Polly's grandson, and he is on the program now. He, he finds it kind of boring, so we're letting him sleep. Either that or he got drunk on breast milk and he's just like <laughs> fighting it off. <laughs> All right. The other thing I wanted to talk about is it does have to do with pain. And as you know, many types of Kundalini come with many different types of pain. Pain is a, is, is a quality that we go through within the Kundalini. Right now, uh, Chris is having some pain in her second chakra. And this is a recurring pain for her. So she has had this come back to her again and again. She thinks she's done something wrong with it. I'm going to bring her on. Uh, Chris, come on. Bring your camera up. Bring your microphone up. Uh, yes. There you are. Now, what did you do ostensibly in the first place to cause the pain in that second chakra? Uh, normally, it's like a trapped nerve, or I sit or in a wrong position, or sleep in the wrong position, or I lift something very heavy, and that can all trigger this. And then it goes away in a day or two. And so you've gone to the MD, and they say it's a trapped nerve? No, I didn't go to the MD, no. You're just making the supposition on your own, right? Yes, yeah. So you don't really know what the cause is. I, no, it's experience. I kind of know when I do something like extensive gardening, for example, or carrying heavy objects next day. Sure. This sure. I understand. But you didn't carry any heavy objects. And, you, and I don't think you were sitting or sleeping wrong either, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yes, you're right. This this time, so, I'm not sure. Now, <sighs> yesterday we took a boat ride, and the girls were happily uh, floating along on the San Francisco Bay, and you know it was warm. It was a tropical evening, really. With hardly any wind blowing. The waves were nice. I'm kidding. It was cold and windy. <laughs> And they spent most much of the time they spent inside the wheelhouse of the of the boat. Um, 
But while you were out, you received levels of kundalini from my fingertips that perforated the second chakra. As you recall, uh, I placed my palm on your second chakra, actually for both of you. Okay. And I told you at the time that, you know, I asked you, are you receiving what I'm giving? Yeah. And you said, yes. You both said, yes. Okay. And now you wake up with a sore second chakra. So I think you can draw a definite line of possibility, shall we say, that you have received a certain level of kundalini that may cause you to have a soreness that, that reflects what you've experienced um, when you thought your nerve was trapped. I'm not seeing a trapped nerve for you. I'm looking at the, the, the threads of the spinal cord. The spinal cord comes in threads, long threads that go up and down, up and down, up and down the spine. And I'm not seeing any kind of a protrusion from the spinal column or any kind of a thread that is being impinged upon by uh, cartilage or by bone. So I do feel that this is Kundalini. And I think this may have been Kundalini back when you started to feel the pains in the first place, but you, you naturally attributed it to a physical condition, which is normal. People do this. This is not a bad thing. Okay. But I want you to look at other places. So right now, are you feeling the pain? Yes. Ask the kund ask your kundalini to temporarily make the pain go away. Okay. Do this now. Okay. And let us know how she responds. Okay. Kundalini pain can come in many different ways. Uh, it can become like a sharp physical manifestation of pain. It can become an enduring pain of, of, of emotion, of attitude, of sometimes of a, of a correction that she wants you to make in your life. How's it going, Chris? She, she doesn't usually uh, it's not, huh? It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere? <laughs> no. So why don't you just stand up? Go ahead, stand up. We'll watch. You have, you have, you have something covering your lower right. I mean, don't stand up. In this. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Put your hands, put your arms out to your side. All the way out in the air. No, in the air. There you go. And do some gentle twisting right to left. Right to left. And keep doing that for a time. Put a little more force on it now. <laughs> who, else is, who else is feeling pain? Anybody here in the audience feeling pain? Apaya, Tulani, Jolanta. David, Radu, Vincent, Niall, Sophia, Jordan. Niall, I want you to turn your camera on, please. Nil J, Niall, Nil. I don't know which how you're pronouncing that. Let's go on. Somebody's laughing. Ah, Niall, Nil. Which is it? Niall or Nil? 
I got to know. Neil, Texas. Neil. Hello, Master. Now, Neil, go ahead, uh, Chris. I want you to stop turning. I want you to turn your back to the camera and I want you to lift your shirt. Back to the camera, lift your shirt. Neil, I want you to look at her with your Kundalini. Look at her with Kundalini eyes. Ask the grace to come into your eyes and see where the problem is. Tell me what you see. All of you can do this, by the way, unless you're Holly and you're sleeping. Um, um, Niall, I want you to do it with your eyes open. The reason why I'm having you do this is because in your own medical practice, you definitely don't want to be looking at a patient with your eyes closed. So keep your eyes open and ask the Kundalini to come into your visual cortex. And I want you to see the inflammation as a, say a, a red light, red coloring around the, the area. And then for healing, I want you to superimpose green upon it. Often you'll see these as fluorescent red or fluorescent green. Just go ahead and lift it up, Chris. Pull the, pull the pants slightly down as well. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> What do you see, Niall? Um, unless I haven't practiced any of this before. No, this is brand um, new. I understand everybody. Niall is an MD. She is an MD, and so she sees patients every day. What do you see? Now I can see, I can see the battle going on in your mind now. I can see the science versus the mysticism and how, you know, you, you got to line it up with the science in order to validate the mysticism. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to just go with what the mysticism within you is telling you. You can always go back to the science. It's not going anywhere. Literally. Keep your eyes open. Let your vision go soft. Let your vision go soft. See what kind of colors you see on her spine. Everybody can do this. I see Radu is doing this. Jolanta definitely is doing this. <laughs> Niall, what do you see? Almost, um, I don't know whether I'm imagining it. Well, no, um, no, no, no. There's no, such, there's no such thing as imagination within Kundalini. She's, she's in control of all of it. Every faculty, including the imaginary faculty, the faculty of creation or imagination, uh, Kundalini will use those areas as communication networks. So I want you to look at her because she's getting tired of standing. I want you to look at her spine and I want you to look at her, look into it. 
like I can see the spine right now and it, the the bony protrusion the, the I want you to tie into what I'm seeing. You know how a spinal cord should look inside the spinal column, right? You've seen that in pictures? Have you seen it in real life? Have you dissected a cadaver? Yes, yes. Right. So you know Again, uh, Master, I'm, uh, I'm a psychiatrist, so it's been a while <laughs> since I've been with a family. But you had to go. To, you had to go to medical school, didn't you? Definitely, yes. Well, yes, hello. yes. So it's been some time. Yes. You a yeah, doctor? I'm, I'm Anthony, trying my God. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Anthony over here. He's also a psychiatrist. I think it's psychiatrist. Yeah. And he had to go to medical school, right, Doctor Anthony? I mean, you guys went beyond dissecting frogs, right? I mean, come on. You did, right? I mean, nod your head. Definitely, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. You, then you know, thank God. I just want to say thank God for that. Okay. So you've actually seen uh, what the spinal cord looks like inside the spine, right? Yes, yes. So I want you to, it's very easy to visualize what she's got going on under her skin. Except it's just more vivid. It, it has more color. It has more brilliance. It has more light. You guys are trying way too hard for this. This is a very soft focus thing. Soft focus. Yes, uh, Magdalene. Yes. Yeah. Have a seat. Have a seat, my dear. Have a seat. Put your. Bring it up. Bring it down. Okay. Have a seat, my dear. Thank you. Thank you for being our experimental guinea pig i appreciate it i'm so sorry master oh you no 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 nothing to be sorry for this is the first time and i put you on the spot in front of a bunch of other people i mean come on <laughs> but i want you to keep your camera on yeah, i want you to keep your camera on i want you to look at your, your partner up here dr anthony who's also a psychiatrist who's given people many, many, many doses of Prozac and probably, uh, you know, Thorazine, you know, similar, similar stuff. So, you know, and he's, he has the, look at, look at his face. He looks like, you know, a version of Santa Claus with a short beard. So <laughs> I can say that because I get called Santa Claus all the time. Anyway, so Niall, I want you to stay on camera. Where'd you go? There she is. Okay, all right. Stay on camera and let people feel your grace. Let people feel your grace. Now look, now with you, are you feeling any, any uh, kundalini phenomena, Niall? Um, master, I... Um... When I meditate, I sense my chakras and I sense the vibrations as I um, focus on them. Okay. Um, what, do you, what do you feel when you're not meditating? Um, so when I close my eyes, I, I see these, um, see the kind of energy. Um, the what? Around, uh, I kind of, not, but I, can, I kind of sense the energy moving up and down. 
Okay. Not very strongly, but um, um, it's it's pretty much there. I sense it. Okay. And, hang, on. Um, hang on. Stop right there. And I'm going to have you do a little exercise that all of you can do if you're having a question about whether you have Kundalini or not. Okay. Okay. I want you to kind of sit up straight. Sit up straight, but not too straight, not hyper straight. Okay. Now, if you find yourself naturally doing what I'm doing, that's the purpose. Yeah. You ever see yourself doing this? Anybody? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, my. All my private students. Except for you, Alexander, you're driving the car. Don't raise your hand. <coughs> you see, Holly's not raising her hand. Okay, now, while you're standing up straight like this, I want you to flash squeeze your sphincter. Flash it, squeeze it and dump. And then you feel, you'll, you feel a pulse of energy going up the spine. The sphincter, you know, the, the rectum. Squeeze the rectum, close and open really fast, boom, okay? And you'll feel a pulse of energy come up the spine. It's just like a, like a, like a Jacob's ladder, an electronic Jacob's ladder. Are you trying it, Niall? Yes, Master. Did you feel that come up? Um, I'm not sure if um, sort of my Sushumna Nadi has opened. I'd be doing some reading, Master. Just, just my understanding. Um. Were you able to squeeze your sphincter? It's the same thing you do when you when you poop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for being so. <laughs> now, when you did that, did you feel a little pulse of energy go up your spine? You can do it again. You have permission to do it again. Magdalene can't do it again, but everybody else can. I sense the energy going up. Ah, um, good, but good, good, not... good. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, how much of uh... well, I'll I'll let that question rest. Are you comfortable talking in front of other people about this? No. That's all right. That's all right, Chris. Yeah. Okay, That's all right, Matthew. Like... So if I arrange a medical conference and bring all of your uh, associates together and uh, Dr. Anthony, just, just to add spice to it, you'd be comfortable talking about it? That's all right. Yes, is that a yes? Yes, that's a yes. Good, 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 okay. I'm not gonna do that, but I just wanted to hear you. <laughs> The, the, the thing is, is, what I love about this is, is that I can talk to you and I can ask you these questions. And because you have the kundalini, and I, I can see it anyway, because you have the kundalini, I know that all your, all your answers will be honest. 
I know you want to say other things because of your training and because of your experience and because of the karma that you're that you currently make within your profession. But uh, your Kundalini shines through it all, and she is also part of the uh, diagnoses that you give other people. You're not one of those psychiatrists that sit behind a desk while somebody lays down on a couch and you like draw little pictures while they're talking about their No? No, no. Oh, you don't fall asleep behind sunglasses? No, 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 Master. I'm a child psychiatrist. You're what? I'm a child adolescent psychiatrist. So, I mean, my role is, yeah, to, to, I'm with children and adolescents, so. Well, if you're with children, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right. Anybody have a question they want to ask of Nile? Do you have a question to ask of me, Nile? Um, <clears throat> I think, um, so I, privately messaged you, Master, around the difficulties that I was experiencing since, um, since Kundalini awakened. Um, the, the difficulties that I kind of encountered when, so I was an extremely illogically driven person, I think, um, in terms of how I would see things, I could broadly um, look at and formulate um, um, sort of you know in a scientific manner so what I find is since my thoughts have now lessened um, I'm not kind of able to do the same tasks as effectively as I used to but um, having said that it has not affected my patient care but it's mostly around doing scientific formulations and papers so I was actually wondering at a point whether I need to kind of step back in my profession and, and look into some other field like, like going for a PhD. But I love, um, so, so treating and caring for my patients gives me so much. Um, like I know that I can give so much, not that it gives me back um, any pride or anything. Um, at this point, it's mostly wanting to give. So I think being with my patients, just that more than going into research uh, completely. But um, I see that over the past few months that things have been slowly coming back in a way that, um, that, um, that it has been um, from the kind of the early days that Kundalini awakened. So this was my question for you, Master. Could you formulate that in a sentence? <laughs> One sentence. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so I think that was the question I had for you in a way because I was concerned wait, 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 whether wait, my... What's the question? Give, give me the question in a sentence. Yes, question was um, whether my... Um, my sort of difficulties in, in formulating 
and coming up with this um, with a with a logically oriented um, kind of an understanding whether that will hamper any further, uh, especially in my patient care. In, with regards to your patient care, your Kundalini is going to enhance your ability to give correct diagnoses and a level of understanding that goes beyond science. I hate to say that to you because I know how, how science has uh, always has to come up in some way within a diagnosis. I know that there's a language of psychotherapeutic science that, that uh, the doctors like to use amongst themselves. I'm sure Anthony, Dr. Anthony is quite familiar with that language. Uh, it will move beyond what your contemporaries can understand. And so you're, you're gonna have to be very, very careful about how you verbalize what you experience. So for instance, let's look at well, let's, I want you to look at the name Vincent Watchnick. You see him down there? You see that name? Everybody, give me a thumbs up if you see um. Vincent Watchnick's name. Vincent Watchnick. He's on the Zoom right now. He's listening. Yes, yes. Yes, Master. Okay. I want you to look at the name Vincent Watchnick. And I want you to let your Kundalini form a picture of his challenges. It should be instantaneous. Tell me what you see right now. Don't study it too hard. You're, you're trying way too hard. Just let yourself relax and receive. This is not you figuring anything out. This is you receiving. Just receive it. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. No, 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 don't be sorry, don't be sorry. Here's the thing. What you're being trained and what you're being open to understand at this point is to see beyond the parameters that science has placed within you. Now, you've had plenty of, of uh, positive affirmation, positive validation of scientific uh, tests and results, but plenty of them. Okay. Now you need to step beyond the walls of science and go out into that chaotic environment and pull out, with the help of your kundalini, salient facts and understanding about other people. This is how it will help uh, your patient care, especially with children. Children are open to attack by certain forms of spiritual uh, consciousness. And because they have very little uh, ability to protect themselves, 
a little bit of knowledge will go a long way for a child. Like just saying, you don't need to fear that. You don't need to listen to that. You just ignore it. These are very important concepts for you to bring into the patient's care. And I'm sure you're doing it already. You know, it's like, oh, you have a bad dream. Well, you know, you go to the parent. Well, what did you have them eat before they went? You know, all the bullshit scientific things, right? No offense, Dr. <laughs> but the same thing that's happened to Dr. Hampton Anthony need not happen to you. Okay. You're not getting bitten or scratched, are you? Um, not. not yet, I suppose. Not yet. Oh, there you go. You're setting yourself up. Okay, so Dr. Anthony, for years and years and years, was being bitten by spiritual consciousness and scratched. So much so that he could just watch the scratch form on his arm. Okay. Oh. What do you think that does to your scientific theory? Dr. Anthony, what does it do to your scientific theory, Dr. Anthony? You have to turn that mic on. Dr. Anthony, what does that do to your scientific theories? Yes. Well, it challenged everything. Everything I understood. And uh, it made me think maybe I'm just as sick as my patients were. <laughs> because everybody was telling me, don't tell anybody. Including myself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. It made me challenge everything I understood. And um, I was looking for help for years. And uh, well, finally I found it, began to understand. From one psychotherapist to another. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. Thank you. So now, without having to be scratched or bitten, I want you to begin to expand your understanding into this area uh, beyond the limitations that science has decided to put in place. Yes, Master. One plus one does equal two. One plus one does equal two, but it also equals 11. And then if you go even further with that, it also equals railroad tracks. Okay. It also equals duality. So it's far beyond our expected range of understanding. Just that simple equation of one plus one. Okay. But now, within your profession, you need to speak the language of children. And I mean children in the science, in, in the form of mature physical body people who consider themselves knowledgeable about psychology. 
these are the children, not actual physical children. Okay. The children of your colleague, the colleague as a child, so to speak. And you need to go back and speak their language when you're writing your notes, when you're writing uh, uh, prescriptions, when you're writing these things. Okay. But now you must have a dialogue with your Kundalini first. So you're looking at Chrisom the child. And Chrisom the child is moving around a lot. And, you know, his attention span's not that great. You know, he's distracted and he's like a bit angry about everything. And so, how would you treat Chrisom the child? Just on those ideas. So it's um, it's kind of a dialogue that comes between the parents, the whole system that the child interacts within and try to kind of, so it's all that I see are these behaviors. So it's a one to two hour assessment that will go to understand what this child is going through. So... Very good, very absolutely. You're looking at the environment. What kind of drugs would you push on this child? So after an in-depth understanding only, I would push in medication faster. Otherwise I would try to help to support the system, bring in um, parental work and support the school. And um, so I, try my best not to push in medications. First, try to fix, or I mean, I wouldn't say the word fix, but I usually don't go to fix the child. I try to help the environment to support the child. So that is, so you're not going support for the chemical, parents. You're not going for chemical constraints. Um, so I try, I'm not saying it's, it's a negative thing, Master. But I, but I understand that throwing a medication, especially in a setup like in Sri Lanka, where, where there's so much um, in the environment that, um, that provides these children with, with whatever they are presenting with. So I try to fix that. And Dude, the medication is only two. I feel the compassion in your voice. I feel the care. I feel Kristen, the child, feels very comfortable with you. But there are things that science does not know yet. And here's one. The babies of children that have parents that indulge in marijuana, the babies of those parents will have extreme emotional discomfort. They will not be able to control their emotions very well. And they will constantly act out within that within their growth and their context at school. They won't get along with other people because their emotions are too raw. They don't have the facility to control their emotions very well. And so you have to get into the parents and say, do you smoke a lot of marijuana or whatever they call it in your country? I don't but this also has a genetic factor in the reproduction mm -hmm. of the humans that those people partake of. 
What you eat is what you are, and what you eat or smoke is what your child can also partake of. And these are whether or not you're pregnant. You you know, look at Jordan right now. I mean, everybody look at Jordan. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, you guys. Um, But, you know, if Jordan decided he wanted to smoke marijuana continuously for two years, that would change his, his, uh, that would change his evolutionary biology. That would change the, the uh, genetic code of his sperm. And I've seen it happen over and over. I have no doubt of this. I mean, even from a scientific. See, there's the problem is that science doesn't ask all the questions they need to ask. They just kind of rest on what they feel they've already discovered. Your community is going to push you beyond the veil, beyond the parameters of science. And this is something you must be open to. And you must be willing to sometimes back away from the direct patient care and welcome in whatever levels of research that you feel you can do that will help a million babies instead of just the one that's in your room. Right? This um, is what Kundalini can do this within you. Go ahead. Yes, Master. So I've just, um, so I've kind of seen myself how I've been into research and understanding um, childhood bipolarity is perhaps early Kundalini awakening. So this is something yeah. I've sort of kind of um, triggered within me that am I seeing early Kundalini awakening in children who we are diagnosing as bipolar. So this is something that struck me just. It's going to force you to go into areas that are going to be very difficult for your colleagues to understand. That's absolutely right. Just take, for instance, children being able to breathe underwater. Take that alone. Okay. They're not going to believe you. And so I want you to be very, 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 very clear in the fact that you need to change the way you communicate to your colleagues about these kids. John, good to see you, my friend. Can you turn that mic on? I'm sorry? Could you turn the microphone on, please? So if she is pushing you into these areas, uh, Niall, Go with it. You have no choice because you are the sharp end of the spear. You understand? You're the sharp end of the hypodermic needle. You are that point that pushes beyond the current levels of understanding, that pushes beyond the current levels of scientific awareness. And this, may be, this may be exactly where she wants you to be. But I want you to, to question yourself, question your grace. Say, is this where you want me to be? Holy, holy mother, however you talk to your grace. Question you and, and let yourself feel the answer rather than hear it. Okay? 
never let yourself hear the answer because that's always there are other entities around you that will fill in for a voice but for the feeling it's typically going to be your grace and by doing this this increases your own ability to create validation for what your own kundalini wants to bring to you you understand and that is incredibly important for you to be able to evolve within this grid. And I will be here to answer any of your questions that my grace allows me to answer. Oh, thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Not going to go. You'll stop me right there. That was her stopping me. Mid-sentence. Okay. I was going to say, I was just going to say right now, we're not going to go into past life experiences. Oh, yes, you will. This is bliss. Oh, it's so strong. Okay, so... You will need to go into past life experiences with some of the children. There are ways to do it that can be done without planting evidence in their brain. Say, what are you dreaming of? Oh, I'm dreaming of a ship. Well, what are you doing on the ship? Oh, I mean, um, I'm all of a sudden I'm swimming. So where are you swimming? In the ocean. Oh, and what happens next? You know, I'm, I'm, I wake up. In a, in a dark room, you know, and I see this light, and I follow this light, you know, you can, you can help them uncover uh, a death of drowning. You can help them uncover a, a death of, uh, of, of being murdered or killed. I mean, there's a lot of, it just, God, it's, it's an endless amount uh, of, of possibilities that you can help with the children. And you just got to go into their dream state. So for you, Kundalini-based dream uh, uh, interpretation would be best, especially when it comes to the parents. The parents can go, oh, well, it's just a dream, you know, but you and your Kundalini will know there's no such thing as just a dream. A dream is where the grace provides the answers for the physical, mental individual. But you have to know how to read that language. You have to know how to speak that language. You have to know these things. And the only way you can know it is through your kundalini. The only way. This, this brings together the merge. This is how you, you encourage and you nourish the merge of sacred kundalini into the physical container. Understand? So <laughs> it puts you I'm learning, head. Master. <laughs> I'm learning. You're doing well. You're doing really, really well by even being on this Zoom with this crazy guy in Northern California. Okay. You're doing well, man. And I want to validate that for you right now. You're doing well and you're helping many, many children just by being there and having Kundalini. Her radiance 
will help the children. And you have to keep that radiant strong, strong in the heart, expressive throughout the body. Understand? Yes, Master. And we will have to work you towards this final sweep. Julia, I want you to pay attention what Julia had to say. Julia there? Yeah. Tell Niall what an impending spinal sweep kind of feels like. Uh, I, I even myself struggling to describe it. It's um, because during my activation, the energy it felt like more like elect, like electricity. But this time it's it's like have it's almost like I have the sun in my chest. Um, I can't I don't know how to describe it. Just do your best. This That's will help it. her. That that sun in your chest really resonated with John right. And uh, he understands. And, and for Niall, the reason why I'm asking, I'm having you do this with Niall, is as you open her up with different levels of information that she cannot receive any other way right now, bring her upon the similar path that you're on. And she needs that path right now. So go ahead, describe it if you can. Uh Honestly, I don't have words. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like... It's like I have the sun in, my, in the chest and sometimes it pulsates through my whole being and I kind of struggle for a moment to breathe because it's so strong. Um... It's very profound. This is where you're going now. This is where you're going. Okay. And Julia, what's happening to your life as, as you go through these processes? What happens to a person's life? I feel like slowly everything's shifting in my physical world as well. Yeah. I'm going to quit my job and start a new life soon, if everything goes well. And it also can shatter your current reality. It can shatter everything that you thought was right, everything you thought was wrong, everything you thought was should be, every cemented ideology in your life. It can shatter that cement. Okay, and... She does this to open you up to the truth of what you truly are, not what your ego thinks that you are. You see, that's a very, very, very big shift. And it's not always painless. Okay, Niall, you understand? Yes, ma'am. This is where you're heading. Julie's been working with me for five years. Magdalene up here for 12. Magdalene, 
please turn your mic on. How has your reality shifted now that you've got 12 years into this work? Uh, for me, it's a lot about my, my process, I think, is a lot about being humble. Uh, learning about humility. Uh, I think it's about understanding that it's the Kundalini in you that does the work and you're supposed to kind of step back and not take control, but let the Kundalini do what she wants to do with you in any way. She wants to do it with you. So it's a lot of ego work and a lot of, uh, for me, it's about, it's about being humbled. I, I suppose I, I feel this as well. Well said, well said, my dear. Well said, thank you. Go ahead and turn that microphone on. So you get an idea. Both of these perspectives are absolutely spot on. Julia feeling the sun in her chest. That's a big deal. When you feel the sun in your chest, that means the fourth chakra is being illuminated by grace. Now let's talk about what Julia has done to get that uh, illumination going. Julia, come back on, please. What kind of a practice do you do every single morning? Or for the most part, during, you know, working hours when you have to go to work? What do you do? Uh, <clears throat> I do the safeties. I start out my morning with the five Tibetans uh, devotion. Later on, I do my one hour running. Uh, then come home, eat, uh, do some more um, devotion work. Then I do my aerobics. Uh, service work, meditation. And and how are you? Are you uh, are you being instructed uh, to do things, or is it just coming naturally from your kundalini? I'm being instructed. Okay. Can you do this, Nile? Um. I have been um, sort of physically not up to, I would say, the standards that I would like to. So, um, you know, there's a bit of a struggle there, Master. What kind of struggle? Um, so I've been struggling. So the whole process of this, um, my meditation came through after I was diagnosed with a, with a tumor, um, and then that was a sort of, I thought it was a malignancy and um, that was three years back. So since then I've completely shifted my life into, into the spiritual pathway. So- Can you swim? Can you swim every day? 
um, th that's the issue, Master. There's RMOs struggling with with sinus infections, um, I think since I've been a teenager. So there's a, a lot of physical manifestations with my sinus, um, 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 I would say inflammation, and there's a lot of struggles. So I think I cannot sleep well and there's too much sleep sometimes. So I think in terms of being physically fit, it's been a challenge across I would you, say all of my adult years. You say you, you had a C-section, is that what you're saying? No. So I went through um, a, a process where my a tumor was taken out. Ah. And where, where was the tumor? Um, at the back of uh, my right thigh. So it's, um, it's non-malignant. Um, but that was just three years ago, which kind of shifted me into the spiritual pathway. But, so they cut, um, they, cut through, they cut through all that fascia and muscles, right? That's right. Yes, Master. And you feel that um, you can't get in shape because of the damage that, that the surgery caused? Is that what you're saying? Um, no. So I've also been struggling with sinusitis and sinus infections, which has a lot of physical it's manifestations. The sinus stuff for you is kundalini oriented. That's the sinus things. So everybody listening, you, know, you have a lot of sinus, you have a lot of sensitivity. I know Sophia has a lot of sensitivities and, and other folks here have some sensitivity. Your kundalini will increase your sensitivities and it will increase the physical expression in response to those sensitivities. Nothing is wrong. You just need to give the kundalini time to balance out your system instead of taking drugs or antihistamines that, that bring you back into a level of comfort. I don't want you to be addicted to comfort, especially when you work with me, right? Uh, ladies there in the ashram? So yeah, yeah, you don't get to be comfortable all the time. And this is what we all want. Now for you, Niall, I want you to swim. You have access to a swimming pool? Yeah, yeah. I want you to yes, swim answer. every day. At the start, I want you to swim for 40 minutes. Can you do that? No. Try. Uh, uh, Magdalene, I want you to send Niall a link to get that helmet, your swimming helmet, and I want you to purchase it for her. You understand? And send it to her country. All right. Now, people are paying money for you, Niall. I want you to be sure. There's no, no. No pressure, but there is a little pressure. Okay. I want you to commit to doing this. Can you commit to doing this right now? Yes, Master. Yes. Right. Very good. There's My so belief. much I want to do. Yeah. He's going to buy you a helmet, and you're going. This will begin a certain process of restoration, healing, and evolution within your physical system to bring it up to a level of strength 
where it can have and hold and express a kundalini current. And I want you to always remember what Julia said. It feels like the sun is in my chest. And I want you to think about that. Master, can I ask another question? Yes. So during my initial phase of this awakening, so I think it started off with heart chakra opening. So I experienced this heart chakra opening as if, as if there was this huge volcano that erupted um, with, with this emotional states of completely taking me over. But as time went by, I can only experience the, the energy in my heart chakra, but not this explosive feeling, which I... I kind of I don't understand why it's not happening anymore I thought perhaps because it's no longer kind of corresponding with, were, with were the you, emotional were you, were you a bad girl not in a sense that um, not in a I've had yeah no not in a bad girl kind of but I have had lots of anxiety and um, irritability I would did you, say did you, did you take drugs for the anxiety? No, um, no, not for anxiety, but I think I've been on medication for my sinus infections for a very what, long time. You, have you tried a neti pot? Yes, a master, but um, didn't work. The no, no. All right. Um, the human form, the physical human form, can only take a strong level of kundalini in the beginning for small amounts of time. You just saw me have bliss, which takes over my entire body. If you had bliss or if you had strong kundalini symptoms for an extended period of time, damage could occur to your system. Yes, Master. It takes a certain amount of time for the physical system to develop enough strength to be able to hold continuously levels of grace that would bring those sensations and feelings to you. Now, she allowed you to have it for a certain amount of time, which is great. This shows you the promise. This shows you the gift of grace. But you can't have it all the time until you develop your system. This is why I'm going to have you swim 40 minutes every day that you can. In other words, every day that the pool is open to you. This is why Magdalene is going to spend her own hard-earned money to buy you a helmet so that the chlorine doesn't get in your eyes or your Okay? How can I repay her, Master? By doing the work. By doing the work. You understand? By doing the work. In addition, <laughs> I want you to do what Julia was saying. I want you to do the five Tibetan every day. You can do that before you go swimming or after you go swimming. It does not take long. It does not take long. Okay. 
And then for the third thing, because Kundalini always comes in three. For the third thing, I want you to take a meditation that gives gratitude to your Kundalini, to your brain. Thank you, my Kundalini, for being within me. Thank you. I love you, my Kundalini. I'm so grateful for your presence within me. Please let me serve you in whatever way. Just, you know, things of that nature. Okay? You understand? Yes, Master. Can you commit to this? Yes, I promise. And if, and if you fail in your commitment, can you come back and let me help you some more? In other words, don't get your ego invested in this. If you make, we all make mistakes, except for John. We all make mistakes. <laughs> we all make mistakes. So don't let a mistake uh, ruin your practice, okay? Yes, now, I will Thank add you so more much. More, I will add more and more and more to your practice. But you'll have to... Uh, for me to do that, you'll have to accept me as your teacher and as your position as a private student. And if you want to talk about that with someone, please talk with Chris and Magdalene or Sophia or Holly or Julia. Okay? Yes, or Alexander. Alexander too. And I believe, Jordan, haven't you been verging on this as well? Uh, yeah, uh, something I've been thinking about. Mm. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jordan. All right, now I'm going to expand a little bit on what Julia's been going through. Is that okay with you, Julia? Okay. Thank you so much, Master. Thank you, Nan. Thank you. Now, this goes beyond a lot of you. This goes beyond what John is having, what Jordan is having, what Niall is having. Uh, this goes beyond what Anthony is having, what Sophia is having. Uh, this, will, this goes beyond what most of you are having. In order to hold the sun in your chest for the amount of time that Julia is having it, your life is going to begin to disintegrate around you. You won't be able to to live the same life. You, all of a sudden, your work will be just too much. It'll be too much to deal with, okay? All of a sudden, your life, you'll start looking at your life and, and it'll just be so wrong, just so wrong. Because the sun in your chest is bringing levels of purity, and purification and detox, I mean, levels of, of, of detox, not only to your bloodstream or, or to your flesh, but also in your mind and in your emotions. It is like, I can't be treated this way anymore by people. I cannot be treated with disrespect or with violence or with these types of thought patterns that I've been dealing with and, and, and working with the past, you know, number of years. I've got to stop. I've got to stop allowing myself to be treated this way. And it's going to conflict 
with your safety and security, your financial safety, because this may be a job that you have. And, and this job is paying the rent, it's buying the food, it's, it's allowing you to live within the physical world. Okay. And that's going to bring fear into the equation. Well, how, how am I going to survive in society if I don't have a job? Where's the money going to come from? And so this level of anxiety builds, builds. And, and as that anxiety builds, the sun in your chest begins to burn hot and hot and hot. Now, I don't know if she's felt the increase in, in the heat yet, but I know that, you know, she's going through a very, very strong level of purification that is from that sun so she can have this final sleep. In other words, you don't take your malaise, you don't take your illness, you don't take your, your incorrect thinking, and in, by incorrect I mean uh, egotistical thinking, you don't take that in to the heavenly fields, you don't take that in to the destination that the spinal sweep takes you to. And if you don't clear it out, Kundalini will. And when she takes it out of your system, it, your whole mental stability, your whole emotional stability kind of just goes right out the window. This is why a lot of people that have the Kundalini say in India or other places, they just disappear into the jungle for a while. Some of them for the rest of their lives. They make sure their family's well taken care of as best that they can, and they take their clothes off and they walk into the jungle, typically never to be seen again. Okay. But we don't have that option. In the Western societies, we do not have that option. Julia does not have that option. Julia's option is to go into the ascension format and to totally trust and to totally give herself into the process that she's been in for the past five years. This process that has brought her to the point, to the edge of a cliff. And it's not a cliff that you fall over. It's a cliff that you take off from. It's a lifting cliff. And the only reason there's, there's space below you is just to provide you with an opportunity for fear that at that point you should not even have. There is no falling when you're ascending. The only thing that gets to fall is the dependency upon the egotism. The dependency upon how you expect to be treated. The weakness that comes with egotism will fall away. Just but chunk by chunk, little by little. For her, it's already starting to fall. And when she reaches that level of, of the sun, extending its tail. So let me turn. More like a star, but it feels like a sun. Like the sun here will extend its tail down all the way 
to the cussing. It will expand itself through the arms, out the fingertips, and then a very sharp and massive point of light will come through the fontanelle and expand around the individual. Okay. And that, that will bring upon us the spinal sweep. That whole action itself is the spinal sweep. And I'm not telling you how, how it feels because much of how it feels is beyond words. There is no word in any language on this world that that even comes close. You know, you can call it, uh, what, are, what are the Buddhists like to call it? Uh, anybody help, help me here with this? Who's a Buddhist? What's the highest standard of experience that a Buddhist can have? Anybody? No? Nirvana? Nirvana, thank you. So, so Nirvana, it's beyond Nirvana. It's beyond the concepts of Nirvana. It's beyond the different concepts of Hinduism. It's beyond heaven, divinity, is in many ways indescribable. When I speak of it, I'm standing in a field of golden light with my hands caressing the top wheat, wheat plant, just standing there and touching the wheat. That's how it is for me sometimes. This is, this is, this is a great thing for Julia to experience because, you know, when she, as she metabolizes this, she steps into an area of grace that is so powerful with so much potential. She'll realize that her, her uh, fantasies of failure, fantasies of not having enough fantasies about not being safe were absolutely of no merit whatsoever. No merit at all. She will feel the confidence of grace flow through her all the time. And she'll still be dealing with a lot of different symptoms as well. Okay. Your symptoms don't stop with the spinal sweep. In many cases, they increase. And we're not talking kriyas of the body. We're talking kriyas of the mind, kriyas of the heart. And we're talking uh, contact with different forms of consciousness that may challenge you. Okay, like... Uh, sexual feeders, like the, uh, like there are various kinds out there, uh, but also the graces, the graces will come to you. The, the graces are uh, expressions of divine beauty and love and helpfulness. And your grace is always there pointing towards what you need to do. This is how I can teach people because I can look at Nyla and I can see exactly where she is with it because of grace. I can look at Jordan. I can look at uh, uh, Julia, Bruno, John, and know instantly where they are within their process 
and to give them helpful advice on that process. All of you can do this. I'm not Mr. Special here, but you do have to reach a certain point. You have to go into that spinal sweep. You have to become what the spinal sweep makes you into. Seriously. You have to trust it with your life. So here I am, you know, I'm hanging out here, taking all these medications, you know, so I can stay here a little bit longer to teach and to help other people for a little bit longer. But I'm not going to be here much longer. You know, I'm on the old deathbed here through my, my medication on the computer. So, you know, deathbed folks, things aren't going as well for me as they should because of the amount of time I've had Kundalini and the ignorance and the that I had regarding it. All right. Any questions about what we've been talking about? Anything? I never expected to go into spinal sweep, uh, but this is where you're all headed. Yes, and uh, um, is a spinal sweep the, the the top of the mountain? Ah. <laughs> for a certain stage, for a certain stage of grace, the spinal sweep is one of the mountains. But you see, I mean, when you're in that stage, you're able to see the next stage. And then when you accomplish that stage, you get to see the next stage. Ad infinitum. There is, look, we're dealing with infinity. We're dealing with infinity here. What does infinity mean? Anybody? What does infinity mean? It means no end. Yes, that's right. There is no end. In other words, you can, you can, get to the top of a, of a mountain only to see that there's another mountain that you have to get to the top to, only to see that there's another mountain behind that mountain, another mountain behind that mountain, and then the mountains that are behind those mountains. We have embedded ourselves into materiality in order to become divine human. So what you do with the spinal sweep is you allow that change to occur so that you become divine human. That's the point. That's the mountain. Divine human is the mountain. Spinal sweep is one of the, is the second stage. The activation is the first stage. Nile has the activation. Uh, Polly has the activation. Elizabeth has the activation. Uh, Jordan has the activation. Okay, everybody's got the activation that is here right now. Okay, everybody does. The spinal sweep is the second stage. Some of the Indians, some of the Indians, um, 
they, you know, they place the seven chakras. You've got the seven chakras here. And then you have seven more that overlay each other. Okay. And that's just another way of saying that once you've finished, once you've activated the first seven and you've come into the grace of God or the grace of the sun in your chest, like Julia, then you're ready for the next set of seven and so on and so on and so on and so on until you no longer have a body but you're still doing the work okay you're still doing the work so the thing is though is while you're in the spinal sweep as you have the spinal sweep and you're given the graces the graces meaning the special skills that come with it you must help other people. You must help the animals. You must help the plants. You must help the air. You must help. You must be a point of divine compassion, understanding, and assistance. All the forms of life around. You can't, you can't say to the cockroach, oh, cockroach, I don't appreciate your life therefore i'm just going to step on you or therefore i'm not going to help you whatsoever you can't say that to the cockroach you say here cockroach let me share some food with you you understand You're getting all life matters not just yours not just the cockroach not just the grasshopper not just the rat or the mosquito, all life matters. And this is this is why it's so hard to to hear others in the mundane world speak so selectively about what life matters. Like the vegan people, they've decided that they know who deserves to live and who deserves to die. So I want you all to get to the point where the sun is inside your chest. And I want you to all fall to pieces because of it. That's right. I want you all to fall to pieces. You got that, Jolanta? Don't be snoring on my program. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have another question. You got to get a better microphone in, Donnie. This is a terrible microphone. I think it's the connection more than the microphone. Um, I don't know. I can't understand you. Go ahead. Um, what's the relationship between um, the spinal sweep and samadhi? And what? Samadhi. Samadhi. It's just samadhi is 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 an expression that that the uh, the Sanskriti people created to describe the heaven, the, the, the greatest of the great, that type of thing. You can go into samadhi with bliss, or at least what they would call samadhi with bliss. You kind of, you saw me going into it. And actually, <laughs> I, I do the worst thing. I fight against it. I fight against it because I have to come in. I, I'm not here for my own pleasure. I am here to 
give to you. All of you. And so I can't. I can't. Capitulate. To the. To the bliss state. I have to. And she understands that. She just gives me bliss to 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 help me. Like when I was talking to Niall about the uh, the past life experiences, you know, I said I was going to say no, we don't go into past life, and she stopped me cold, mid sentence, and said, "Oh yes, we do." <laughs> bliss is so powerful; just the remembrance of it will take you to it. It's a strong time. My whole face is flushed right now. My whole, my whole head is pounding with, with a pleasure that I can't describe to you. My eyes want to come out. It's that strong. <laughs> you don't know the battles that I. <laughs> you don't know the battles that that you have to wage in order to give the gift of service. Okay. Samadhi, uh, Nirvana, any other explanation really is based in, in mundane ideologies. Until you're there, until you're Ramakrishna walking in ecstasy, it, it's only a guess the guessing game. Master Chrism, how is bliss different from the sun in your heart chakra? Massively different. Massively different. There are different kinds of bliss. There are different uh, qualities of bliss. Sometimes the bliss just comes from the heart. And you feel the spikes of it resonate throughout your head. Sometimes it just comes to the crown. Sometimes it just comes from the neck up. The bliss that I was speaking of right now, because it was a correction. See, I was being corrected. You understand? But the huge bounce. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> I was being corrected when I was talking to Niall. I was saying that about the past life. I was being corrected. She was correcting me. And she corrected me with bliss. And it was like a golden correction because uh, she supports what, what these zooms do. Really, she's present here with all of them. Every single one. She's, even the people that just have their, their names down there, like Radu by phone, by phone, and David, Sophia, Judith, Medi, Ingrid, Vincent, Gracia. Polly, those people that I can't see are still being seen. So uh, the bliss in the chest, the quality that I believe uh, Niall said she had an activation of the chest. That was the first indication that she, she was activated. And those are pretty powerful experiences. Because they go beyond what science tells you is possible. And they feel so good and they're so 
blissful that even a single experience can addict a person for the rest of their life trying to find it again. They're trying to find the right drug, they're trying to find the right medication, they're trying to find the right religion, trying to find anything they can find to replicate that feeling of bliss and oneness and unity. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on what a person can feel. Uh, the, the bliss that I had just filled my head, top of the head. It ties in with the corona. There's a, there's, I was telling this to the, to the ladies yesterday. There are two fields that emanate from a human being. The first field is the aura. Everybody has the aura all the way around, like an egg. The kundalini person has an inner aura just around the head that emanates from the temples out down to the neck, just around the head. This is why in some of the ancient paintings, the ancient uh, statues, where they talk about a Kundalini person, the head will have the halo, the halo around it. That is a demonstration of the corona. corona. Some of the pictures who actually, you know, the artist actually has a clue about Kundalini. They, they, the head is golden. The whole head is golden with the halo. Uh, and that indicates, you know, uh, bliss of, of a certain, well, how do I say it? It's divine, Elizabeth. The divine placement. Like right now, she stimulating my third eye, so looking at something. And she's starting to give me bliss in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, you're telling me this right now, without words. You want walls to get these things. Get the little red thing here, they cost $5, get them in Mexico. And get them anywhere. Get a couple pieces of bread. Doesn't matter. Get a blue one on the right and a red one on the left. Okay. And you only get that. And Niall, this includes you. You only get that uh, just as a reminder of who you are becoming. You are in the becoming. Bruno is in the becoming. And he does certain tests. I like what Bruno does. I kind of like his path. He's got an interesting path and he's doing some really interesting things that I suggest you all, you know, contemplate. One is a vow of silence for 40 days. Now, Niall can't do that because she's working. She's talking to people. Jolanta can do it. Gary can do it. And Donnie can do it. Polly probably can't do it. David, I don't know. Sophia can't do it. Vincent might be able to do it. So you have to look at your life. Uh, depending on what happens to Julia, uh, she will or she won't be able to do that type of thing. Okay. These types of, of qualities begin to define how 
serious you are about your process. Elizabeth, I'm looking at you, and you can do this. You could do a vow of silence for 40 days. Before you might drive your, your family nuts for a little bit, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> All right. And that's just one example. Um, you can fast. Now, I won't suggest you fast any more than seven days. Um, my, I was at the cardiologist that he gave it for yesterday, and uh, he complained about my weight. He said, well, you're giving me drugs that cause me to gain weight. And, you know, and he said, well, it's your portion. And I said, well, it's the drug. Well, it's your portion. Here, let me give you another blood pressure. So we have this much. <laughs> but he also gave me uh, permission to fast. I'm looking at that with more and more. Now, I didn't fast yesterday because I was with the girls. We're in San Francisco on Fisherman's Board. And I probably won't start the fasting until they're gone, which is coming soon. I'm going to miss them dearly. Coming on Wednesday, they're going to leave, and I'll be here with Lasha. And we'll be going, what happened? Because they bring such a light and a, and a beauty to this place. It's indescribable. Anyway, so with bliss uh, and with, uh, with, uh, with those high forms of, of bliss, you just have to experience them. Experience them and you experience them by doing what I told Niall James. What I told her to do goes for every single one of you. If you have the, the availability of the swimming pool, okay? If you have the availability, do the five Tibetans. If you have the instruction from a master. Because every time I watch Julia do the five instructions or the five Tibetans in her practice or Magdalene or Christina, my energy goes straight into them. It's a constant level of shakti constant and it doesn't go away once certain forms of shakti are given it's there permanently christina has permanent shakti magdalene has permanent shakti julia has permanent shakti david has permanent shakti holly has permanent shakti vincent has permanent shakti so does sophia They'll still take the Shakti Pot. You know, they'll still do the 25-day Shakti Pot. Some of them. But they've got it coming into them all the time, just by virtue of what they have done to, to help this path come to others. The healing, the service they give to others. What service are you doing? That's the question you need to ask yourself, and Donnie, what what service are you doing, Apai? What service are you doing, John? What service are you doing, George? And I'm not talking about stuff you get paid for. I'm stuff. I'm talking about things you do out of the goodness of your heart. Who did you buy spoons for that you don't even know? 
Who did you buy a pair of shoes for? Who did you help cross the street? Who did you smile at when you opened a door for them? These are the questions you need to ask. It's not about giving money, although that happens sometimes. It's about giving the love of the grace that's flowing into that sun that is starting to grow in your chest. Really? So you've seen, unless I'm a really great actor, you've seen the bliss come to mid-sentence as I'm talking with Niall today. You've seen that grace come and correct me mid-sentence. What makes you think that your grace doesn't have the same level of expression through you? What makes you think she's not watching every move that you make? Seriously, how can you think that is not occurring for you? You know, do you need to be scratched and bitten? Do you, to get your attention? Really? I mean, do you need to have the long scratch appearance? Do you need to have the teeth marks? Do you need that, really? Can't you just trust that she's there and you're not on this Zoom accidentally? We have a couple of chats here. Let's see what people are asking. Uh, John says, I do little other than make mistakes. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Thank you, John. Um, and Donnie, is the spinal sweep the top of the mountain? Well, we've discussed that. It's the top of a mountain, just not, you know, the mountains are endless. Rasha says, I didn't know smiling is also giving service. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Smiling is giving service for sure. People, yeah. people need to have the opportunity to receive the smile and smile back because that brings a modicum of happiness into them. Uh, oh, yes, Julia is asking. Can you talk about smelling the truth, the Siddish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. People, people think that, oh, well, you know, hearing, I got tasting, I got seeing, you know, I got these senses, these five senses. People have a hard time understanding that you can smell there's acidic smell that attaches to your olfactory senses. So I can smell the presence of an entity that, that is not good. It'll smell bad. And there's no odor. You can be in an empty room and you'll smell this. Ew. It's like sulfurish. Now we're not talking about the devil or Satan or anything like that. Although they also give off a toxic smell. But I've had the experience of smelling grace, beautiful fluorescent, not fluorescent, but a flowery, very, very beautiful flower scent. Uh, and then I smelled this, uh, for those of you who can take the, the 
trip. I smelled this here in, in this restaurant, but also in Lord's friends. I, I caught that scent when I was walking uh, in Lord's friends, walking past the grotto where St. Bernadette and the Kundalini came together. Uh, so you can smell, you, the, when you smell a spirit or you smell an intention, it's the same way as when you're chakra breathing, when you, you make the connection at the back top end of the throat, where it connects to the olfactory sensor. Okay, there's a chakra there. And the chakra, it's a transmuting chakra. And the chakra brings the scent in. And because you have Kundalini, she expands the knowledge of that scent. So in other words, you can smell the truth. You can smell sincerity. You can smell jealousy. You can smell violence. You can smell animosity. You can smell grace. You can smell it. And you can, you can be blind and deaf and still know what's going on around you through the olfactory sense. Okay? This is a real deal, folks. This is real. And I've had it proven to me when I was at John of God, there was a 19 year old girl who was paralyzed from the waist down and she was blind, but she could talk and she could hear. And she was telling me, she said, God, I smell the entities every time they come in. And I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, uh, when John of God is, is, is incorporating Dr. Augusto, Blitz. When John of God is incorporating Dr. Augusta, which and I don't I don't suggest mediumship at all in any form. Okay, let's be clear about that. But John of God had a good thing. That's a good thing going for him. She could smell Dr. Augusto coming into John of God's body. She could smell uh, any of the the, the, the saints that he would supposedly incorporate coming into his body. He could smell them. She could smell the ETs that were posing as those things. But she didn't have the knowledge. She didn't have the Kundalini. But what had happened is through, through, the, uh, through the experience of being paralyzed and blind, other senses were activated for her so that she could make her way through the world. Beautiful girl, beautiful 19-year-old young lady. And very, very nice, very, very talkative, very nice. She could converse with you very, very well. And uh, her parents were taking good care of her, so I'm sure she's a happy girl to this day. Uh, but uh, that's the first time I became aware of it. And then when I started to be able to smell divinity, she... And even now, she's giving me knowledge about it. So do not, and you look at the animals, just look at the animal kingdom and how they rely upon the scent. Dogs, 40% of their brain 
is dedicated to discerning scent, the scent of a of a thing. And there's nothing they won't try to smell. They don't, you know, they don't have the problems that people have. Oh, smelling the rear end or whatever it is, right? They're not just smelling the vapor, they're learning what is going on with that dog, with that animal, with that whatever it is, because they're omnivores. And this is what they use to discern whether something is edible or not. Okay. We have the same availability. Julia is coming into this. So don't wear cologne around her. I'm kidding. <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about deodorant, Julia? <laughs> All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, Gary, I got you. So, any questions about that? That's a whole level of learning. That's a whole level of discernment that most people are not even considering. People in the West. And all of you here are in the West. Every single one. Even if you're in Africa. Africa, well, I don't know. Africa still has the availability for scent, right, Apaya? Do people in Africa, Tulani, do people still use scent as a form of discernment? Yes, no, maybe, you don't know. <laughs> do you? No, probably not. <laughs> well, you can smell dead things, right? Like even out here, smell a dead rat, right? But uh, can you learn what killed that rat through the death smell? This is what Kundalini will do. She'll give you the cause, she'll give you the reason of why death occurred to that animal. Was it poison? Was it a cat? Uh, what was it? Uh, you can smell water when you're a long ways away from water. Smell water. Water is an ecosystem in and of itself when it contacts the land. It just goes back to what I was saying to you, Magdalene and Christina, how water flows over land. Right? Remember that? Water flows over land. And it creates ecological systems wherever it touches the land or the land touches water. And you can smell that life force from a distance. You can almost smell, you can almost Sent it and follow it towards its source, which is exactly what the animals do. Now, if you're taking a lot of antihistamines, like Nile might be taking, that, that can be interrupted. Mr. Crow is in complete agreement with me. I'll have you know, letting us know that right now. Any other questions that you might have? I'm open to responding. Yes, Holly.
Okay, okay, Alexander, what you got? What you got, my friend? When we are sending a healing, in how to not stay attached after that? By making separations. So what you do is you visualize the person you just gave a healing to on like a pane of glass. So like this phone here, you visualize it on a pane of glass right here, and then you blow it up. And you let the shards just fall into the darkness. And if you need to do it more than once, then do it more than once. But this allows you to, this allows the grace that has been put into motion to help that person. It allows you, it helps you keep your egotism out of it. Russia asks about how can we spiritually help non-kundalini awakened people well you can you can really spiritually help them russia by where are you i don't see you russia where is the beautiful russia you can help them by living the life of grace by by expressing Grace through you. So let me give you an. I'm going to use Nile. Nile's out there. She's working with the children. And she's working with the parents. And she's working with the environment of the people where they live. And she's been nourishing her Kundalini. So as her Kundalini grows and grows and grows, it begins to infiltrate the flesh of other people because there is no force on this world, earth that can block divinity. And so as her divinity grows, her divinity goes in to the energetic anatomy, into the flesh of other people. And it brings with it a, a level of love, a level of oneness, of completeness, of bliss, of, of yearning to to come into that light, just like an insect goes to the light, so do people go towards divinity. And this is how you help others, is just by nourishing the divine within you and then placing yourself within the public context. Okay? Go into a mall. Go to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Oh my God. <laughs> go there. Go there because you have a jillion people, and this is what I did yesterday. Okay, and and uh, you just beam, you beam the radiance of grace, and it goes right into people. There is no way to stop it, and this is why you have to practice emotional cleanliness. You can't be going. You have to have emotional hygiene. Okay, even though you're feeling bad, you just go, I am love, I give love, I receive love. I am love, I give love, I receive love. I am love, I give love, I receive love, I forgive. I'm compassionate. I'm helpful. I am divine. You understand? 
And this is a constant thing because you're constantly surrounded by people that have angry or, or, or fearful thoughts. And so, so let's say, you know, I'm using Niall again because she was so much fun. She's right in the center of my screen. So, <laughs> so she's working with a child, right? She says, okay, uh, we'll make Gary Morris the child. Gary's the child. So Gary comes to her and says, oh, well, uh, uh, Miss Miss J, they call you Miss J. Well, they, so Gary comes up to, 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 we'll call her Mrs. J, and says, yeah, I've been having nightmares of monsters have been coming to me, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to protect myself, and it scares me, and I can't get sleep. And then when I can't get sleep, I can't go out onto the sports field and, and play baseball the best way that I want to. If that's what you're doing, Gary, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so, and, and, and Mrs. J responds by focusing her interest in what she has to say. It's the interest that carries the grace. So the grace goes into Jerry, or, or into, into Gary, Gary the child, and it touches him. And by touching him, it's there permanent. There's a, there's, a, there's a tiny spot of divine grace that Mrs. J has given to Gary. And, and she doesn't have to go check on that because she trusts her grace to do for Gary, what needs to be done for Gary. Okay. But it's there. It's there. And it will be there until the body disintegrates into dust. This is the magnitude which you're dealing with here. This is why you want to create energetic hygiene. So that when you go out into the world, as Russia was asking, you know, how do we positively affect the mundane? We go out into the world manifesting our design with emotional hygiene. Now, Bruno says he just goes out into the public and, and asks the Kundalini to mentally ask her to emanate into the to the world, you know, I guess what she needs, what what she feels is best. There we go. Yeah, um, no, one is not better than the other, Bruno. And you don't even need to visualize. I mean, by visualizing, you're placing your ego in it. So you don't want to visualize. You know, Niall is talking to the child, Gary, and, and Niall is just giving him her attention. She could say, well, do you like tacos? She could say, well, have you played soccer instead of baseball? She could say, well, have you watched TV lately? She could say anything she wants. But her interest has been captured uh, by Gary's need, by the need. And, and, and this interest, because she has the Kundalini, it's a divine spike that goes into to Gary energetic anatomy and then it breaks a little piece of itself off and it stays in Gary as he grows into a man 
becomes a father, becomes a grandfather, dies and buried, is turned to dust. Then that spike of divinity is into the earth from whence it came. The divine earth. Okay? This is the magnitude. This is what is happening here. This is what you need to pay attention to. This is why it's so important to have emotional hygiene. Incredibly important. This is why you don't drink alcohol. This is why you don't smoke marijuana. This is why you don't do heroin, Magali. This is why. <laughs> this is why you don't do methamphetamine. This is why you don't smoke tobacco. This is why you keep yourself as clean and as pure as you possibly can. And that includes how your thoughts and your emotions are arranged within you. Can you be truthful all the time? John? Can you be truthful all the time? Yeah, well, you can try. I didn't claim to be perfect, but I do try. Okay, I accept that. Jolanta, can you be truthful all the time? What I practice that if I don't want to share my truth, I am silent. Okay. All right. Thank you. Anthony, can you be truthful all the time? No. <laughs> Not in this world. Not in this world. That's the answer. That's the answer. You cannot be truthful all the time, but you can try, as John said. Uh, but not all people can handle absolute truth. Okay, they just can't handle it. And because you're uh, you're becoming divine in your actual physiologic, uh, mental, and emotional nature, you know truth that no human can know. And you can't just tell that to them. They'll lock you up. They will put you in prison and give you drugs like Thorazine and <laughs> all the psychological drugs. <laughs> I'm laughing, but they do that. They actually do that. A woman that I know of uh, came into the Kundalini and she was having bliss for two weeks. And her friends were getting concerned. She was, they were saying about her that it's like, oh, she's too happy. She, this is not right. She's too happy. No, no. I listen, I know a, a psychologist out of Texas, West Texas, and, and I, I think we need to contact him and, and, and arrange for her to be examined. She's just too happy. She's got, I don't know what's wrong with her, but she's just too happy and we need to, we need to put a stop to that. It's not natural. It's not normal. We need to set up an intervention. And this guy I know, he lives in West Texas. He's like putting together a vet's uh, clinic thing. And 
<laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but this, you know, that's what they come to the psychiatrist for, though, right? To set up an intervention, right? And so she gets a visit by the ambulance. And the two white in the, the white orderly guys come out, say, Hi, how are you? Oh, well, you look so happy. Why don't you take a little ride in the white truck here? Okay. Holly will be one of the nurses coming in and she'll hose her down with a fire engine hose. Make sure she's got uh, open sores. <laughs> That's so it's not a pretty picture if you start telling people the truth. <laughs> there are, Russia, Russia, there are certain truths that they can have and certain truths that they cannot have. Certain truths that they have deal with morality. Right, wrong, in what that society considers right and wrong to be. Okay, So killing another person, wrong. Stealing money from people, wrong. Um, uh, committing violence upon another person, wrong. Okay, Commit committing healing, helping another person, correct. Being loving, kind, considerate, intelligent, all correct. So you have to, to give them what they can metabolize. If they can't digest it, they're just going to throw it up in your face. Okay, so what you do is, is you build your divinity which means you, you bring the egotism down and you bring the divine up. And you don't have to say anything. Like Bruno, you can have that vow of silence at that point. And she will emanate into every single individual what that individual needs at that time. Just because you built your divinity rather than your egotism. You think Holly's really asleep or is she just taking it? Nope. Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> Any questions? Any other questions? Don't worry, folks. I know you're getting sleepy. I'm going to end it soon. Just, just bear with me a little longer. Um, and Donnie, do you feel morality goes hand in hand with the level of Yeah, I do. Especially self-realization. In order to self-realize, which you're all going to do, you are all... Even if I give you Shaktipat, the way my Shaktipat is configured is for self-realization for you. Okay. You know, I'm not just going to bring you from zero to a hundred miles per hour in a second. There are some gurus who do this in India, and it's just really, it's a huge mistake because you're robbing them of their own self-realization. You're robbing them of, of you just want to give them enough to grow on. Just enough room in the end of the tennis shoe so they can grow into that. You get them a new pair. Okay? It's very much like parenting. <laughs> you know, says the guy that doesn't have any kids. I have a, I have a pet crow, though. Does that, not, does that count? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't bring people right into grace you have to let them grow into it and whatever you do don't cut your hair <laughs>
keep your hair long. All right. Question, comment, complaint. Uh, Chris, uh, I just wanted us to uh, talk about this heat thing because uh, um, we mentioned the sun, and this is exactly what I've been experiencing in the center of my chest is kind of golden light, but it, it's been so powerful and intense. And it's been sweat, I've been sweating an awful lot. Um, I just wanted some kind of reassurance that this is normal, uh, preliminary. Just let me look at you for a second, okay? So when I look at a person, my fingers immediately go here. My feet go flat on the floor. I don't have my legs crossed. I have nothing crossed. And I'm looking at a person. So she took me straight to your kidney. You need to eat watermelon. You need to eat watermelon every day. Yeah, I've got some in the fridge, yeah. All right. Every day you need to consume that. Every day. You can also consume cucumbers. Mm -hmm. Just a second. Any black tea? You doing any of that? Yeah, I drink quite a lot of tea. No, 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 no. No, no more black tea. Okay. Ever. 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 Again, in your lifetime. Are we clear? Yeah. Um, yeah. This will change everything for you. The tea I want you to drink is nettle tea, N E T T L E. Nettle tea and green tea. You can have some green tea. Okay. I don't want, don't think that you're going to keep taking the green tea. That's just, that's just, that's a temporary basis. Just a second. Uh, there's some company out there that makes some sort of an almond tea. Which is nice. She's showing me the packet. I think it was Lipton that was making this almond tea. Just a second. Lemon zinger. You can take that. Lemon zinger. No more caffeine. No more caffeine in any shape or form. I don't drink coffee. I don't care. That needs any caffeine, which means no dark chocolate. No dark chocolate. Right. Nothing that has caffeine in it ever again for the rest of your life. Ever. That goes for all of you. Not just John, but every single one of you listening to this right now. You got that, Maddie? You got that, Judith? Vincent? Yes, Master Chris. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, any other questions? Nile, that means you. No black tea in any way, shape, or form. No caffeine at all. Stuff, but yes. Thank you. And Bruno asked me if cacao is off. And are you just eating the bean, the natural bean? Or are you eating some sort of a permutation of that? 
the bean, if you if you don't do anything to the bean, first of all, the cacao bean is really beautiful. It's a work of art if you look at it. Uh, it's a very, very beautiful work of art. What you can have is this, but you, you can only have an eighth, an eighth of a teaspoon. Yes, and Donnie, I totally agree. The five Tibetans and your practice is the most beneficial way to wake up. This is what Julia does. Okay. This is how she got the sun in her chest. It took a while. And it'll probably take you a while too. But this is what you do every day. I think Julia might be moving to live with Magdalene in, in, in France. And then I'm going to have both of them doing that. And then with Chris, I'll be practicing with her in Australia as well. I wouldn't mind setting up a Zoom where everybody comes and does the practice. I will have Julia teaching people how to do this. She knows better than anyone. What happened was, as I worked with Julia, my Kundalini sculpted a practice that is secondary to the five Tibetans. And a lot of it is humility. Now, it first started with Magali. Uh, Magali and I, Started working 12 years ago and we started to just the kundalini started to sculpt her in certain ways okay. and she has a very definite practice that is going to merge with julia uh if and when she comes to, to france so the two practices will merge and form a very very powerful daily practice very powerful and i want you all to do it i want you to find the time resurrect control over your time, the time of day, what you do with your time during the day or night. And remember, Kundalini doesn't require that you have as much sleep as you used to have before it came. Remember that. Change your psychological addiction to how things used to be and open to how things currently are. Okay? Everybody clear? Clear as mud? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, post it on the uh, Kundalini Awakening exclamation point on, on Facebook. And then we'll set up a Zoom to begin to initiate these practices into your life. Okay. The first ones, I'll tell you right now, are going to be the five Tibetans. All right. Anybody else? Yeah, Master Chris, I wanted to ask um, about the Tibetans. Um, I've been avoiding uh, these degenerative practices recently because there's so much going on in my system. Um, I mean, everything, John, everything is going to change for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As soon as you stop drinking that, that caffeine, things are going to change for you radically. Okay. So we eat the watermelon, have the cucumber, drink some lemonade. Lemonade? But, yeah, you can have lemonade. Oh, fresh, great. Fresh, I love fresh it. Fresh squeezed. Fresh squeezed if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just bought yeah. some today. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and some fresh squeezed orange juice too, if you can get that. Okay. All right. Um, but as far as the caffeine goes, absolutely not any of that. And as far as now, I want you to be part of these these exercises, John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything's going to switch around for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kundalini. Absolutely. Anybody else? Sophia, Julia, Magali, Christina, Alexander, Jordan, possibly Jordan. Jordan wants to do this. Get ready because I want you all to be on the same page as private students. Bruno, are you my private student? Then Get yourself ready. Jolanta, are you my private student? Then get ready. Okay. Anybody who wants to be Gary, are you my private student? Is that a yes or no? Can't tell. Uh, I, I think I'd like to be. I'd love to be. Well, then get ready because this will be every day for you. Okay. Nile, are you my private student? Nile? Yes, sir. Yes, master. And, and prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. All right. And I know it's late for, for a lot of you. I want you to get your sleep. So please go to sleep. Remember emotional, mental hygiene. How you think and how you feel. You have direct control over. And this plays directly into your radiance, which plays directly into the hearts and souls of other people. Go ahead, I want to be a, a, a private student. Well, then I want you Hello, to get sir. ready. Well, then, okay. Just make sure you don't get hacked anymore, okay? Yes, sir. Change that password. Nulani? Same with you, my friend. You're welcome to, to be a private student if you wish. But here's the deal. In being a private student, you must do what I instruct you to do. You can't take you can't take part of the instruction and go, oh, okay. Now I'm going to do 40 days of silence. Okay. Now that I'm Chris's private student, I'm not going to communicate with him at all because I'm doing 40 days of silence. Okay, not that. You don't get to do that. You can ask me if you get to do 40 days of silence, okay? You can ask me if you can do break dancing, which is not good for the spine, okay? You can ask me to do certain things, but, but if you become my private student, that means in a large part, I will be responsible for how you are. Everybody understand that? Everybody who said they're interested, do you understand? All right, I love you all. I care about all of you, even if you're not my private student. And even if you live in West Texas and you save dogs and you help other people. <laughs> I love you all. Even Redmi Note 8 Pro, whatever that is. So practice that love. Feel my love for you. Feel my amusement. 
feel the happiness that I have and the bliss that I've been showing. Because you watched me. Here's the, here's the, here's the kicker for you. You watched me have bliss. Your eyes recorded a divine experience. What do you think happened to you? What corner of divinity knows what's going to happen? You, these things are not free. I know you didn't pay me money or anything, but these things are not free. You saw me have bliss. That is now incorporated into your energetic anatomy. This is not free. And what the payment is going to be is for you to develop your own levels of bliss based upon what you saw happen to me. This is a truth. It's an irrevocable truth. Good night, everybody.